Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. I'm in Philippians chapter number. Hey, you see this? I'm throwing it away. It won't stay on there anyway. Philippians chapter number four, verse number six, one verse. Pray this will be a blessing to you. This is what the Lord gave me. I mean, God's burned this on my soul uh, to share tonight. And uh, this is going to help somebody. It's going to help somebody tonight. Now, I've been with God today. All I've done is sat at the house and read and studied and read stories out of Sword of the Lord publications from 100 years ago. That's some good stuff and, and, and talked to the Lord. I did take a break and went and eat lunch with Mike Garner. I think they found him a house, probably letting the cat out of the bag, but I think they're moving to Crossville. The Bible said, Philippians 4, verse number 6, be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Father, I love you. I thank you for the night, the place, the time, the songs, the spirit. Someone should have already been saved in this place tonight. I come with boldness to your very throne right now. And I come by the banner of the blood. Glory to God. I come because you said I could and Jesus made my way on Calvary. God, he's my resurrected king. So fill this mouth and guard this tongue. Preach me to the glory of the king. In Jesus' name, I pray tonight. Amen. And amen. I want to preach tonight on this. Prayer time. Prayer time. uh, We have A.C. Dixon was the old man that said this. When we depend on our education and we depend on our finances and we depend on, on the things of this world, then we have what we can do. But when we pray, we have what God can do. Hey, that should be incentive enough for us to pray about all things. Hey, we need to pray. Prayer time. I want you to do a personal survey tonight and question yourself, how many minutes did I pray today? How much time was spent in prayer before I came to service tonight? Am I just living on the blessing of others or have I contributed to what we felt here in this place tonight? I want you to personal survey. Don't raise your hand. Hey, it's prayer time. We see Paul here in the place. I want us to consider Paul's adversity. Where's he at? He's in the pen. Paul's in jail. And it's not looking good for Paul. As a matter of fact, Paul's on the way to dying. So we see his adversity. He's facing execution. You know what he does? Here's his advice. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Yeah, but you're in the pen, Paul, and you're going to die. Be careful. That that means not to be anxious or worried. 
Don't worry about it. Yeah, but things are bad. I've never seen anything like it. I feel awful. Hey, everything around me is falling apart. Hey, my home ain't got good. My job's bad. They don't like me down at the workplace. Things aren't going my way. Don't worry about it. How do I do something about that? Pray. 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 You know what we call this? Prayer meeting, thank you, somebody, praise God. Wednesday night prayer meeting. Prayer meeting, what do we come here to do? Pray. Jesus didn't say, call my house a house of preaching. He didn't say, from Isaiah 56 on over here to Matthew 21, he didn't say, he didn't say my house is going to be called the house of testimony. He didn't say it's going to be called the house of Sunday school. They didn't even have Sunday school then. And you know what he said? What my house is going to be called? House of prayer. That's what it's going to be called. My house is going to be called a house of prayer. Isaiah said, and it's for everybody. The Jew, the stranger, anybody wants to come. It's the house of prayer. So it's prayer time. It's prayer time. His advice, just pray. Look, don't worry. Pray and then give thanks. Give thanks. Uh I'm going to give you three things real fast. Tell you a couple of stories let you go. Because of what Jesus said in Matthew 21, we have a command to pray. It's commanded that we pray. He's expecting us to pray. Ten minute, listen, 10-cent prayers don't, work, don't warrant million-dollar answers. It's commanded that we pray. Paul said, 1 Thessalonians, here's your Sunday school verse, kids, where they, I want you to quote a verse, you can remember this one, pray without ceasing. Just pray without ceasing. Does that mean that I walk around every minute of every day saying, oh Lord, I've got my head bowed, I'm doing this? No, we live in an attitude of prayer. We get up with this on our mind. We're talking to the Lord. You go, yeah, go down the road, talk to the Lord. People think I'm a nut job. Listen, just go down the road talking to God. I love the Lord because he's heard my voice and my supplications. He's familiar with my voice. You know the difference in Cali. And Lily Kate, yes, sir. you know which one's speaking. God knows us. His eyes run to and fro throughout the earth. The Lord knoweth them that are his. That's why I don't name the rich man in Luke 16. Wasn't his. He knows the ones that's his. He hears our voice. You ever talk to God? You know what it is? It's commanded that you pray. Hold on here now. Get ahead of myself if I'm not careful. Let's go from the command. Let's go to number two, the condition of prayer. So it's commanded that we pray. If we believe the Bible, and I do, I believe that's the unerring word of Almighty God. I believe God gave that to the English-speaking people through a heathen king named James that I could have this today. And I know 
People like more modern translations, but I, I, I don't. I prefer this. I'm like Jack Lasseter when they was fussing at him because he still preached out that. He said, will that get me to heaven? They said, well, yes, it will. He said, that's as far as I'm going. <laughs> ah! I'll just take that. Amen. And I love it. I was sitting at my table today, just started crying. I got, so I had two Bibles open. I had, a, I had my iPhone. I was getting a definition off of. I had my iPad out looking up words and, definite, it, it, and I had a scratch pad over here. I had a mess. I had stuff everywhere. It was laying everywhere rolling. I'm trying to get ready to preach tonight. I look over and the sun's coming through the window and shined on that book. I broke down, started crying. I reached my hand over a mic. I just laid it on that book. I just rubbed the page. Praise God. It is like touching the hand of heaven. When I touched the page, God was listening to me. Woo! You call the sheriff tonight, they'll give you a deputy to speak to. You call the governor, they'll say leave a message. You call the president if you want to. And you certainly won't talk to him. But if you want to get a hold of heaven tonight... Just pray. Pray. We're commanded to pray. Everything about this service, even they even sang a song about praying. But there's a condition to prayer. Condition to it. John 9, let me get to that verse. 31 says this. God heareth not the sinner. But, there's a but in that verse. He that worshipeth him. Now, what have you got? You're like the Syrian Phoenician woman. You've got his attention. And when you call him Lord, he has just inclined his ear to see what you're going to say. So there's a condition to this prayer. It is like asking the parent for something. Your children never call me and ask for anything, Brother Jimmy. Why? I'm worth their parent. Is anybody with me? You getting a picture? But as a child of God, I have full access to the throne of grace. That I might obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. I can go right in. I don't have to ask anybody's permission. No, I'm in. How do you know you're in there? Because I'm a child, praise God. I'm his. I'm his. He's mine. I'm in there. What does that mean? That means, Luke, I can go anytime. I want to wake up at midnight and I just go, Daddy. I need something else. I can get up early in the morning. Lay down late at night. It doesn't matter. Listen, it doesn't have to be on Sunday or Wednesday night. Prayer mate, it's any time. I just say, Abba, Father. In the English language, the best translation's daddy. Dr. Thigpen taught me that 20-something, 36 years ago. Condition of prayer. Oh, well, I don't know. We think we... Maybe it's not getting answered. 
Maybe we're praying wrong. You mean there's a right way to pray? Oh, yeah. So, there's two guys gathered up. Luke 18, these two guys, Jesus tells this parable, gives this parable. There's a, there's a Pharisee and a publican. And they're standing there together, and the Pharisee, the religious, he's a churchgoer. He's there every service, always in church. Don't miss, even says, brags about paying his tithes. And I'm not an adulterer, but I give my money. And I'm not like that guy talking about the publican. And the old publican's there. Now he comes with a broken heart, Brother Richard, and a contrite spirit. What does that mean? That means God's got, he's got God's ear. He's got God's attention. He humbles himself before God. He smites himself on the chest. You know what he says? He won't even lift up his eyes. What did he say? To me, a what? Sinner. And he that cometh to me, I will no wise cast out. <laughs> Be merciful to me, a sinner. But here's the best words about that. Jesus said, this man went down to his house justified. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. What does that mean? He met the condition of prayer. He met the condition of prayer. There's a command to pray, but then there's a condition to prayer. If you're going to get it answered, you prayed and prayed and it's not been answered, maybe this is the issue. Oh, this is not here. Get where we live. James 5 and 10, 16 says this. Some of you already ahead of me. You know the effectual fervent prayer. What does it do? Let's read the whole verse. Confess your faults. Whoa! Somebody called me this week and confessed a fault. They did. And they, I thought they was joking at first, but they were dead serious. You know what that means? Go ahead and pray because it's effectual and you can pray fervent. That's what that means. It's effectual and you can pray fervent because you confessed your fault. When's the last time you looked at somebody and said, you know what my problem is? I got lust in my heart. And I'm not meaning sexual. And it can mean that. It can mean that. But what if you, what if you saw my brother Matt Duke's brand new shiny car out there in the drive? And said, my Lord, how come he ain't give me one of them? Got that brand new car. What's the deal here? Huh? Yeah, I got a problem there. He said, Paul said, I didn't know. He said, listen, hadn't been for the commandment. I didn't even know that I had lust. I'm coveting. I got a problem here. <clears throat> When's the last time you ever confessed you fought somebody? I'm not a priest. One of these days I will be. But as right now I'm just a preacher. One of these days we'll preach priests and kings. I figure yours rank the king portion. I might be fortunate enough to get in as a priest. But I'm not looking, I'm not looking for your confessional 
But I, I, I pride myself in this as a pastor. My wife don't know what you tell me. Nobody knows but Jesus. I didn't realize that being able to keep a secret was such a big deal. Because most people can't do it. If you're going to confess your fault you, and you tell the wrong one, you better be sure you don't care if everybody knows it. Because as soon as you tell them, they're going on Facebook and say, look at this. You know what happened? Confessing fault enables us to have effectual, fervent prayer. I'm a tattler, I'm a talker. I hold a grudge, I got animosity. I got pride. So, well, this message was going good till now. <laughs> so I read this story today, this old preacher. His wife was a doctor. And this was back at the turn of the 20th century. So this was back when there wasn't a lot of lady doctors. And she helped a lot of people. She just had a gift. She helped a lot of people. The, the story went like this. One day I was at the breakfast table. I looked over and said, my wife was, she looked a little ill. Said she didn't look well. And I asked her, I said, are you feeling okay? She said, you know, I'm not. Some, I just don't feel well. I don't understand what it is, but I don't feel well. He said, I'll pray for you. He said, I prayed for my wife and I come in the next day and said the next day she even looked worse and by that week's end, she looked real bad. And she said, I'm going to have to call another doctor and ask them if they'll consider doing a surgery on me. She said, but before my surgery, I want to go down to Detroit. They lived in Michigan. I want to go down to Detroit and visit our daughter for a couple of days because who knows after a surgery how long I'm going to be, uh, I'm, I'm not, be, not be able to travel and maybe some time before I can see her. So I'm going to go down and see her. Listen, the most simple surgery turns into a major event when it's you. And anytime they put you asleep, you're about this close to death. And if they put you way under, you're really close. But I'm going to tell you some of the best sleep you ever had in your life. <laughs> I go in to have something done. I say, you got some of that Michael Jackson juice? Give me some of that. That stuff will put you in la-la land. She goes down and sees the daughters while she's gone. He said, I'd been praying and praying and praying. And he said, I got in the prayer closet and said, the Lord reminded me of James 5, 16. He said, you know why I've not answered your prayer? Because you've not confessed your faults. And he said, Lord, do I have faults? And the Lord reminded him of the faults he had. He said, I cleared the faults up. And then I began to pray. And he said, when I got through praying that time, whew, I've confessed everything I knew to confess today. 
I've told God how slow down, sorry, no good for nothing I am. And it's amazing that he lets me breathe his air. I begin to beg him for temperance and patience. Lust and pride and slothfulness. I mean, I clean the closet out today. God help me. I can't preach this tonight with anything on me. Confess your faults. He said his wife came back and said the next morning at breakfast, he looked at her and he said, you look a little better today. She said, I feel a little better. He said by the week's end, she's canceled the surgery. And he said to this day, she's never had a surgery or when he told the story. Said she hadn't had anything done to her. He said, you know what? I got to where I could pray. Yeah. The only confessor we've had around here in a long time publicly is Eric Garrett. I, I admire him for what he's done. But they ain't, they, they ain't one out of a hundred will do that. Hey, you can pray. It'll be effectual. And you can pray fervently. You didn't have to. Look, you could have been like a lot of people and just sat there and, and, and said, the problem's Mike McCoy. And I'll agree, I had a lot of the problems me, but I've tried to clear out all the problems. And if I got a fault with you and I don't know it, I'm unaware of it, you bring that to me, I'll apologize and we'll pray together. And if you've got a problem with anybody else, you ain't right with God if you won't do that. How about that, my friends? That's what the Bible says. I'm not being abrasive or ugly. I'm just going to tell you, it feels pretty good to get all the closet cleaned out and the things, every little jot and tittle off your back. We're right on the verge of something big happening. I don't know what it is. But we're, we're just teeter-tottering right there. You know what teeter-totter is? None of you kids don't know what that is, but that's an old, that's an old thing we had on the playground we played with in the dinosaur days. And there we are. Just nearly there. God brought something to my mind today. And it could happen. I don't know. I'm waiting to see. I'm not trying to manufacture anything. I want to, if God's not in it, Randy, I don't want to be a thousand miles out. I don't want to be around it. I'll just mess stuff up. Oh, but when he's in it. The command to pray and the condition of prayer. Not being answered. My doula review. Number three and I'll be done. But here's the consequence of praying. You know what happens when we pray? The consequence of it is sinners are saved. Sinners are saved. I read a story about it. I was <clears throat> I read a story today. Some uh, horse people appreciate this. This young man ran off to Texas, run away from the family, run off down to Texas. He wasn't about 18, 19 years old. Run off down to Texas and said, said, uh, He's working on 
on a ranch and riding ponies everywhere. And said <clears throat> his mama, they'd started, said she got convicted real bad in church one day and talking about the consequence of praying. Said she got convicted about that boy running off down there away from everybody. She's worried about him. Said she come home, said she told her husband, said you, you put up everything. Said I'm going out yonder and praying. She went out into the orchard. She began to pray. She's out there for a long time. Finally come in the house. And <clears throat> it got prayer meeting time. And that's going back to church. She said, I'm not going back to church. Said, I, I, I'm, I'm going to stay here and pray. You all go. I'm going to pray. You, you do know you don't have to come to church to pray. I mean, that's, that's not a revelation to somebody tonight, is it? She's praying out there and she's praying. They get back home. She's still praying. He's wondering what's happening. Well, this boy's riding his cow pony out there in Texas, and he gets stricken by something that he can't explain. He said he thought he was going to die. He said all he knew to do was ride, go back home. He rode back in. He told, him, he, he told the foreman, he said, give me my pay. I'm catching a train. I'm going back home. He said, why are you doing a good job? Why are you quitting? He said, I don't know. I got to go. I got to go home. he got on. Mama met him. They went to meeting. And he got gloriously saved. You can pray something in Kentucky or Tennessee. It can reach Texas. You can pray here and reach the other side of the world. With a simple prayer. But it's got to meet the condition. The consequence of it. His sinners are saved. But saints, number two, saints are strengthened. God answered any prayers for you this week? Now I know, I know. I'm on tender ground right here. Made me cry when I saw that pastor's little girl got killed down there with that nut job. <clears throat> And, and I'm, going, I'm going all the way off the bridge. Look here. Somebody's got to be demon possessed to do that. Now I know that's not, that's not uh, socially acceptable today. But that's why he's having their way with them. They don't know how to fight him. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm glad there's one possesses me, praise God, that's stronger than the devil. If not, I'd have been long dead long ago. But hallelujah, somebody moved in. <laughs> Glory to God. And the saints, listen, the consequence of prayer is strengthening the saints when God answers those prayers. Roland's probably read this. It come out of one of, uh, one of the Sword of the Lord, old book. I got these from Grandpa Oli. I told this a long time ago in a revival. And God just showed, he just, he showed me this today. I found it. He directed me. Talking about strengthening the saints. So at the turn of the 20th century, again, this is old stuff. There's a man who's an engineer on the Pennsylvania Railway and he contracts some kind of illness. And back then, medicine 
button what it is now. And he contracts some illness. His wife's a devout Christian, devout. I mean, three times a week, not miss revival, singing, whatever they're doing, she's there. This guy's lost as anybody's ever been. He don't want nothing to do with God, nor church, nor religion. Don't you love it when they call it religion? Well, they're as religious as I am. It's just they're religious about different things. Some's religious about not being religious. Yeah, go figure. And he contracts this illness. Brother John, he can't get better. He's at the hospital. Every day he grows a little worse. And the doctor tells the wife, I'm sorry, I can't do anything else. And he's, they pronounce him dead. And said the woman was very, she's, she's kind of obnoxious about it. She's, she says, he cannot be dead. God promised me, I married him 20 something years ago and God has promised me he's gonna be saved before, he's, before he dies, he can't be dead. The doctor said, well, I'm sorry, but he's dead. They said the woman fell down in the floor and grabbed the hole of the bed and began to pray. They said she prayed an hour. She prayed two hours. They said after about three hours, a nurse come in there, said the floor was hurting her knee, said, let me get you a pillow. She had prayed four hours. The man's still laying on the bed. Some doctors come in. Now, one at a time, another physician comes in till there's seven physicians that says he's dead. I'm sorry, he's dead. She said, he ain't gonna stay dead. God promised me he's gonna be saved and he ain't dead. They said, he's dead. Four hours, five hours, six hours. They let her pray all night. She's prayed now into the night 13 hours, 13 hours. She's holding on to that bed, calling out to God. All of a sudden, he raises up on the bed. The doctors come running in the room and said, we've missed it. She said, what do you want to do? He said, I want to go home. She said, let's go. The doctor said, you can't go, it'll be suicide. She said, you had your turn. Let's go. This guy's had a revival telling this story. He said, I'm the man. He said, I now weigh 246 pounds. I'm back on the railroad. And he said, and today, I'm a Christian. Now some people would hear that story and think there's no way. Let me tell you another story. I know somebody that was dead four days, praise God. And when the Lord walked up and said, get out of the ground, he had to get up. 13 hours ain't nothing compared to four days. His dead self three days. At least he's three days in the grave. In the ground. Underneath the ground. Wherever they went. Wherever the place the departed spirits are. But on that third day, God rolled the rock back. And said, look in there and see who you can find. <laughs> we got a problem. <laughs> he ain't here. Hallelujah.
You know what happened? Listen to this. You'll find this in Luke. Never had seen it before. Jesus prayed at his baptism. And the Father spoke. Jesus paid, prayed at the transfiguration. And the Father spoke. Somebody said, you ought to pray one time, be done. Jesus prayed three times in the garden the same words for the same thing. I'll tell you, I'll pray as long for it as I want to. And I won't be discouraged. I got a little put out the other night. I prayed and prayed. The devil said, you've called him name for 20 years. What are you doing? Why are you calling that name 20 years? 20 years, bud. Come in there trying to kick me around. You call that name 20 years. A whole list. I got a whole list. Some of you people's families on that list. And I'm starting to listen to it, Mike. God said, don't listen to him. Talk to me. You talk to me. Don't you listen to him. You pray. I'm listening. You pray, I can do it. You can't do it, but I can do it. A lot of times he don't do it. We have not because come the piano. You know what I prayed? We dug a foundation on this thing. You know what I prayed? I prayed, Lord, you build a building. You fill it with people. And you preach the gospel. Last Sunday, this place is full. It's full Sunday. We're in the building. He filled it with people. Now, nobody is saved, to my knowledge. Who knows what happens on the internet? It's not all bad. Somebody might have been saved. I don't know. He reminded me, I answered your prayer. You prayed for Samuel. There he sits. I prayed with you. You're praying for things and and it's not come to pass. Maybe you've not met the condition. You see, it's easy for me to blame Gordon if the music don't go good. That's not Gordon's fault. If I'm where I need to be, it won't matter if it don't go good. It'll be a joyful noise and I'll be shouting hallelujah. You know what it is? Stand to your feet. It's prayer time. You can pray there, here, wherever you need to pray. Prayer time. You're welcome to come. Just keep on playing, Sister Jewel. You're doing good. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.